This morning, I feel very privileged and excited to have a young lady come up and uh, share a little bit of her journey. Uh, many of you who have been around for a few years would know Emily Wade. Um, and while I'm talking, why don't you come on up? Why don't you guys welcome Emily as she comes up here? Hi. You're good. <laughs> um, so I'm going to let Emily share a little bit of her story, but just so you know uh, how we've come to, to know Emily. So for a lot of you in the church, you would have known Emily when um, her and her family, and she'll talk a bit about this, uh, went over to Thailand and started, and I'm going to get this, uh, I said it's not an it's a children's home, right? It was a children's home. Um, but Belinda and I were at Beachside Vineyard down in Cronulla, New South Wales, um, as assistant pastors, and uh, we knew Emily, and I, we always joke around and say, no, Emily can't be 26, Emily's 13, right? And she's always 13 to, <laughs> to, uh, to me, so, sorry. I'll stay 13. You want to stay 13. <laughs> So we, um, we knew Emily when she was uh, younger and Belle and I, um, got to watch her, um, grow up a little bit in the time we were at, um, Beachside. And then in the course of time, I took a group of young adults across to Thailand to go and do two weeks of work, um, with the Wade family and Emily was there. So here's Emily as a, we think it was somewhere around 12 or 13, can't remember. Um, picking us up and picking up two girls on the back of a scooter and driving them into to her home, two great adults with Emily on the front driving this scooter as a 13-year-old. It was a fantastic sight. So, um, but in the course of that trip and also Belle and I knowing um, um, Em, you, you kind of, we, we always love to, to bless people, but what became apparent to us is that God's hand was clearly upon Emily, even as a, at, at a young age, that there was something in her life that he was destined to do. Now, we didn't know what it was. You know, it's not a, hey, the path was laid out before us. We saw it all. It's just that you just look at some people and you go, oh, there's something on your life that you're going to do. Look for God. And whilst that is, I want to make that really clear to everybody, this is not about how much God loves somebody. God loves everybody equally. Did you, did you hear me clearly on that? This is, so doing is not a part of, is not, we, we be, we are who we are before God and how much He loves us. But then there are times where He puts His hand on us to do certain things for Him. And at a young age, it became apparent to Belle and I that there was, Em was going to do, do something significant for the King in this world. And so, why don't I you, then tag you and let you tell the church a little bit about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> that was such a good introduction. Um, so, I moved to Thailand when I was 12 uh, to start the orphanage, uh, children's home with my parents um, for ban- abandoned and neglected babies. Um, Thailand was a very dark part of my life. I struggled with depression over there. Um, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I moved back to Sydney when I was 16 to finish school, and I said, I'm never going back to Thailand ever again. And you should be careful what you say to God, <laughs> because he has a sense of humor. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, I went back to school and I really didn't fit in because I was brought up amongst poverty and um, prostitution and um, all this hectic stuff and then went to high school in Sydney and I just could not connect. So I um, finished school and studied fashion, which doesn't make any sense at all because it's the total other end of the spectrum. Um, started working in the fashion industry. Um, I loved it. I really have a heart for um, the people. It's like my mission field in a way. Um, they, are, they have a need just as much as people in the third world. It's just a different type of need. Um, yeah, so I got transferred to New York um, uh, for a job that I was doing. And um, while I was in New York, uh, I was out one night and um, I was sexually assaulted. And that for me like, sh like shook my whole life and I was angry at God and I didn't understand why it, would hap it could happen to me and like I was following you, God, like why would you, yeah, just let this happen to me. But uh, amongst the healing from that, um, I realized these uh, like trafficked girls or the um, prostitutes in Thailand, this is what they go through numerous times a day, every single day. And I just got like one little taste of it and it messed me up. So I can't even comprehend what they're going through. And for me, like it really, it hit home. And I kind of just realized like I can't let this happen on my watch and I need to do something about it. I didn't know what, I was 21 and I had no idea. I was like, I don't know what I can give. I no fashion, <laughs> and that felt like not much to give. Um, so I came back to Sydney, and um, I started working for a brand called Saba. I was designing for them, and I was still really discontent, like wrestling with God, like um, I have this dream job, but I wasn't happy, and I was like, I felt like there was something more. And one week at church, um, I got prayer, I didn't know who was praying for me. It was just someone touched my back. And um, he emailed me later that day and he was like, this is going to sound really random, but have you ever thought about starting your own clothing line? I was like, yes, <laughs> since I was a teenager. Um, I've, like, that was been my biggest dream. So he's like, come to my house and me and my wife want to like, have dinner with you. So I got to his house and it turns out he's this big entrepreneur and he had a whiteboard set up and he's like, okay, we're going to do this. Um, and he... We started planning it, and I just said, if I'm going to do this, I want it to help um, trafficked victims. And he was like, well, what's that going to look like? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so we prayed about it for a long time, and we came up with the concept of Sweet Society Apparel, which we didn't have the name yet. Um, the name was a real God thing, too. I was in church one day, and um, the pastor was talking about the Holy Trinity and how it brings love and peace to us. And... He called it the Sweet Society, and it was like, oh, that's it. And um, so that's how I got the name. And then, um, yeah, we started building the brand. And um, three months, I quit my job. Three months later, I was living back in Chiang Mai, which I said I'd never go back there. Um, I was living over there by myself and um, working with different uh, non-trafficking organizations and um, just learning as much as I could. So the goal there was to start the factory from scratch and um, the idea is that 
Uh, so the problem is when girls are trafficked, the average age is usually about 12 years old. So when they're rescued, they don't usually know what else to do because that's all they've known all their life. So they go back into it because they don't know how to do anything else. So I wanted to break that cycle and teach them a new skill. So Sweet Society teaches how to sew and pattern making and um, business and marketing and all within the brand and, um, and then give them job opportunities making the clothes and then we'll sell them here. And so I was, my goal was to start that from scratch at like 24. <laughs> I was like way in too deep. And um, uh, just worked really hard, tried to learn as much as I could. And then within eight months of being there, I was in a motorbike accident and broke my foot and I couldn't walk for four months. And I was, I got flown back to Sydney and I was just like, what the heck? Like, God, I was doing everything you told me to do. Like, why? Like, I was so frustrated. And I, I was, like, going into, like, a depression again because I was just, like, I couldn't understand what was going on. And um, a pastor from Queensland emailed me and said, um, sometimes uh, to shoot an arrow, you've got to draw it back to shoot it further. And she said, that's what I feel like God's doing with you. And it, like, fully, like, I got that. I was like, yeah, like, I, I received that. And... Um, I tried to push through and um, I, I mean I didn't understand like the week before the motorbike accident I had signed a lease for the building so I was like like it's just a big step backwards um, so I stayed in Sydney and I got a job um, at Zimmerman which is a big Australian fashion brand and everyone there had like their masters in fashion design and I didn't ha even have a fashion design degree or anything like it was so God that put me there I didn't know what I was doing there um, but I learnt how to run a successful fashion business. I learnt as much as I could there. And then at March this year, I um, I quit because it was very full on and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. And I just felt like God was like, I want you to do Sweet Society full time, um, which it doesn't pay my bills, and so it was a big uh, step of faith to do that. Um, but I trusted God and I quit my job. And um, a couple months after that, I woke up one morning and I had this strong sense that something was going to happen with Sweet Society. And that afternoon, I got a call from a guy that um, I lived with in Chiang Mai, and he was a missionary. And he um, said, there's this factory in Cambodia that um, they've got 20 girls that have been rescued and trained to sew, and there's an American woman that's like, doing the designs and everything, but she doesn't want to do it anymore. She wants to go back to America, so they've got no one now. She, he's like, do you want to take it? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, God, it's not in Thailand. <laughs> but it made me realize, like, it's, like, just because they're not in Thailand doesn't mean I can't help them. Like, I can't say no to that. And then it hit me, like, God's just handing me this on a silver platter. I was trying to start something from scratch, and I got angry at him for like not having it work my way and then he took me through this process of learning from an amazing fashion brand in Australia and I was so much more prepared to do it successfully now than I was back then but you don't see that at the time um yeah so that's where I'm at at the moment I'm going to Cambodia in two weeks to um go through the collection with the girls and um, yeah, it's the collection will be out at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That's very <really> cool. <laughs>
So um, M, what I love about M's story, as some might or might not have heard, Putty Putman gave another um, message at some of the churches after the conference. So we had a conference for those who are visiting um, just a week or two ago, and it moved around Australia. We saw God do some very cool things uh, um, across our nation and, and really birth a lot of stuff within the vineyard and who he's called us to be. And in the midst of that, he brought this word and he talked about how um, from, what was the title? It was, Kirk. It was from, um, it was about the promises, taking the promises, walking into the promises. Of God. Yeah, we'll go with that. And what it basically, what these three premises were, what, what happens is, there's a start of a of a journey with God as we walk into the promises that if he looked at he looked at it through the Israelites and moving out of slavery and into the promised land. And when the, the spies, um, twelve spies were sent out into the promised land to go and scope it, and they came back and reported the land is flowing with milk and honey. So there's the promise of the goodness of God that he promised. But there's giants in the land. And we're going to have to go and push the giant. The giant's going to have to be cleaned out for us to take this land. What he talked about then is how God, through that journey with the Israelites, has taken the people. And when he starts it, it's almost like God does everything. Like he comes in, the invitation comes, and and he, you know, what he cleans, you know, releases them from Egypt, and and he completely does it all. Like the Israelites are almost sitting back and just going, "Wow, look at like." We don't have to touch anything and suddenly we're now being released out of slavery and into the promised land. We didn't have to lift up a sword. Nothing had to happen. God has done it all. The next step in the process was he then invites them. It's a one on, like it's a, hey, let's do this together. It's still clearly my hand making it happen, but I want you to do it with me. Come in and let's, let's partner in this. And then the third place is then the, hey, I'm putting it out in front of you that there are promises, but there's also, I'm going to let you know that there's stuff coming your way. In the midst of the promise and taking the promise, you're going to have to clean the giants out of the land. And so that third step is a really important one in terms of our journey with the Lord. And the Putty's point was we often don't always get there because we like that, hey, God does everything. This is really cool. Why am I telling you all this? This sounds like I'm preaching out here. What I love about any Emily's journey is that she's really part, like those three steps, you can see it happening for her in terms of the promises of God and what he wanted her to do in her life. You can kind of see how he, he kind of started it. Then there's the invitation to come and partner with, with me. And now you're at that, th- I feel like you're at that third stage where it's like, okay, let's, let's go get the giants out of, let's clean the giants out of the land and, yeah. and see this promise actually come to fruition. Would that be fair enough, Paul? Yeah, I, it definitely hasn't been like a walk in the park, <laughs> like at all. Um, but yeah, I, def- I feel like that too. Yeah, you've got some really amazing stories of how um, each step, like it, it, you, you said that there wasn't this like ten year plan mm-hmm. in front of you. As much as you tried to do planning, there's been lots of different steps where it's just been a case of I've just got to take the next step. And follow Jesus in that. You told one thing around uh, last night to the young adults about like your affairs. That was a very oh, cool yeah. story that talked about the provision of just take the next step and follow me. And, and we'll... yeah, I can share that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So 
The beautiful thing about God is when he tells you to do something, he gives you the resources to do it. And that's like I started Sweet Society with like 30 bucks in my bank account. And I don't, I can't even tell you, how, I don't know how it's worked out. It's like just like God. <laughs> um, but I knew I had to go to Cambodia um, in the next few months to, to do the handover. And I am a bit tight on money at the moment, so I was like, God, you're going to have to provide for this because I got nothing. And um, the airfares were about $750. And I just – I didn't tell anyone. I just prayed. And um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, this <laughs> – this guy added me on Instagram, um, and he didn't say anything. He's the owner of a franchise in Sydney. Uh, it's like a cafe franchise in Sydney. It's well known. And um, a couple weeks after that, he private messaged me, and he was like, can you come by our um, San Susie Cafe um, on Wednesday? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was a bit apprehensive about it. I was like, I don't know if I should go, but yeah, okay. And I went, and... um. He wasn't there, but his staff handed me an envelope with my name on it, and they're like, "Roman's not here, but he he wanted me us to give you this." And um, I opened it, and there was a letter in there. It was basically saying, um, "I've been looking at the work you've been doing, and like, I want to keep supporting you." Um, here's just a small donation, and it was eight hundred dollars in cash. And I just got in the car and bawled my eyes out because, like, like I kind of have this thing sometimes. Where I'm like. How is God going to provide for this? Like, he's used all these avenues. Like, this person's giving me money. Like, what, what's he, how is he going to pull it out of hat this time? And now it's just this random cafe, you know? <laughs> like, it's, he'll always find a way. Um, yeah. It's That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> today's message is brought to you by Sweet Society Apparel. <laughs> um, if you hadn't picked that up, yes. So well, I'll let Emily tell, tell that part. So this is all really cool and um, it's phenomenal what God's doing in you and we want to pray for you in just a moment around that. But if if there are people here that would love to get involved or would like to know more about what's going on with Sweet Society, how can they do that? What are some of the avenues that that could happen? Um, well, there's oh, we have um, like all the social media platforms so you can like, keep up to date with that. Or um, just speak to me if there's something in particular God's asking you to help with, or um, yeah, anything. Just like I'm, I don't buy it. <laughs> I'd love to chat with you. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and the cops. Um, so, um, so in April we launched a brand of of sweet of sweet society called Society Active, and it's the activewear brand of. Sweet Society, and um, it's made it's made from lacquer that's been recycled from like plastic bottles and fishing nets, and um, it sounds like it would feel horrible, but <laughs> it's beautiful fabric. <laughs> um, so that's launching as well with Sweet Society Pro at the end of the year. But um, when Coles and Woolies banned plastic bags, we thought we'd like jump on that bandwagon, and we started selling keep cups, which I thought was just going to be like a side thing. But now we've nearly sold a thousand, and they're in cafes all throughout Sydney. And like, I think we have like twenty different cafes, and um, they're like our biggest thing at the moment, which I was not expecting. Um, so I brought some up here um, to sell. 
their $30 or two for 50 and the profits support the girls in Cambodia. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've got like 10 cups, 12 cups. You can buy them today um, if you wanted to do that, if you've got some cash. Otherwise, yes, well done. So you can go online. Um, if you don't have cash with you here today, what we're trying to do, will it bring up the bank details, Em? It will, won't it? Uh, well, you can, buy, you can buy it from the website and then when you go to postage, there's a pickup option. Just click pick up and you can get it from here. Yeah, you can pick it up from here. Yeah. Okay. Does that... Does it, is that not too technological for people in the room? We're all good. <laughs> that, if that is, we are going to keep the cups here. You can purchase them in the weeks coming as well. We will hold them here to be able to support M and to support um, some of the women in Cambodia who don't have a voice. And we want to be part of that voice uh, to say that we care and love about them and love them. So that would be gr um, great. You can do that. Um, what I... <laughs> The thing that I also love, and Belinda and I have both loved about Em, is how real she is, as you can see uh, up here. She's just so authentic in who she is in the Lord. <laughs> Missed it. That's all good. Um, how, how authentic she is. And what's become apparent, Em came to the, um, to the Vineyard Conference in New South Wales, and uh, God, throughout all of this, it, it's just so, I, I just, feel like it's so important that we always understand that what we do for God does not define who we are in God, that he loves you for exactly who you are. He created you perfectly um, and he made no mistakes despite what you may think or feel. And in the midst of that, he asks us to, to partner and do things with him in this world. But M's story consistently shows that, that he is pursuing her um, almost, uh, it's going to sound like the wrong word, but almost violently, like he just keeps coming after and after, just pour his love out on her. And you had a pretty significant moment at a conference last yeah. weekend, right? And did you want to just share a little bit about what happened to you? Yeah. So... Um a week before the conference, um, I started getting really bad back pain and um, I went to the Cairo and he was saying that one of the discs in my spine was inflamed and it was squeezing one of my nerves and it was shooting pain down my legs and it was pretty bad. Like a lot of the conference I had to stand out the back because I just it was painful to sit down. Um, and during the conference, like Greg Trainer kept having like words of knowledge, like someone has back pain but on the right side and I'm like, oh, that's not me because mine was on the left side. <laughs> And it was so close, but like never spot on. So I didn't go at the front. But then on the very last night, he was like, um, someone here has an inflamed disc in their spine that's shooting pain down their left leg. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and my mom grabbed my arm and pulled me down the front because I just saw people like dropping like flies. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can get down there. So she, um, she grabbed me and. Could, um, could you just explain what dropping like flies oh, might, might mean? The Holy Spirit was on a lot of people. <laughs> um, and I went up the front and um, a bunch of people gathered around me and started praying. And as they were praying, the pain got more intense. And it started moving up my back. And um, Scott uh, yelled and said, Spirit of infirmity, like I see you need to get out. And as he said that, it moved around to my ribs. And it was so painful. And um, 
And then, I mean, I feel like it only went for like 10 minutes, but apparently it was a lot longer than that. But, um, and then it moved down into my stomach and it was sitting in my stomach for a long time. And then I was like hunched over and then I just immediately felt it leave like, like a click. And I felt like a weight lift off and I haven't had pain since that night. And, um, the Monday, yeah. <laughs> the Monday, um, after that, so it was like two days after I went to the Cairo and I walked in and before I even said anything, he was like, you look a thousand times better. And I was like, well, <laughs> and I told him what happened and he felt my back and he was like, this isn't the back that I felt last week. Like, this is, you're totally healed. And he had to sit down. He was like, <laughs> he was a bit shocked. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you were literally worried about Cambodia, weren't you? Because you were yeah. like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this plane trip. Your back was that sore. My back was really, and I like, sit, did, the thought of sitting on the plane was freaking me out. Um, even like the plane up here, like for an hour, like, I couldn't, I couldn't even see that conference. So, um, yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. It was very cool, actually. <laughs> and in the midst of that, there was lots of identity stuff going on for you, wasn't there? In terms, of you were being, not only being released of that, but it was coming through a, a strong sense of who you are in yeah. God, wasn't it? God was really ministering to you. Yeah. So I think something I've struggled with is like a lot of people just know me for, oh, she's the chick that does sweet society. And so I think my identity was tied a bit to that. Um, and so he kind of showed me, I've just been on this journey of like really understanding what a father's love really does look like because these girls have don't even really know what love is. So I need to fully understand and grasp what it means to, to have a father's love and um, to, to pass it on to them. And so it's something he's slowly walking me through. Um, there's this story that I tell like a lot because it, it's like the biggest story for me of like a reality of how how much God really does love me and love love all of us and um, it was it happened when I was 21 I just got back from New York and I was doing like um, freelance styling and I wasn't getting much work and I was like my bills were going up and um, I just didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. I had no direction. And I was like crying on my bedroom floor and um, I was like, God, just, I just need a job, any job, like just anything. And my prayer got interrupted by a phone call and I picked it up and my voice was still like, oh, hello. <laughs> and um. The lady was like, is this Emily Wade? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, your card got handed to me. Do you still do styling? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, would you be able to help me style Taylor Swift next week? And I was like, what? <laughs> um, I, I literally, I don't know why I said it. It was so embarrassing. I was like, yeah, I'll see if I can um, pencil her in. <laughs> and... um. I hung up the phone and I was just like in awe of God. Like I was just asking for like, I don't know, like any job, like a, yeah. And he went above and beyond for me. And cause he, just because he loves us and he wants to give his children the best. And he, like in John 10, 10, it says, I came so they might have abundant life, a better life than they ever dreamed of. And he really does, does. <laughs> and I'm, um, sometimes you forget it. And I always think back to that story. I'm like, he has 
more than I can ever dream of. Like, I was not ex- like thinking that at all. <laughs> but he just came and was like, here you go. Um, and I think when we dream too small, it's kind of like offending God. Like, is that all you got? Like, you can dream so much bigger than that. I'm the creator of the universe. Um, yeah, so I think that's, I don't know, that was on my heart this morning to share that story because I I think we need to start dreaming bigger and um, having the faith in our prayers. It's showing God that we have faith that he will He will see those things come true. Um, yeah, so that for me was a real revelation of how much he loves us, um, that he did that for me. I I was way out of my depth <laughs> when I was there. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so um, what we want to do this morning is extend an invitation to people. Em told a little bit of her story from conference as well. Em's going to stick around here with me now and then also come and pray with people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to kind of strike while the iron's hot a little bit here. So Em's like... There's so much that she's just talked about that I believe that the Spirit is probably ministering to people on. Um, What I want to invite you to do, so lots of stuff around identity, lots of things around the Father's love. Emma said that so many times, how much God loves us, how much God loves us, how much God loves us, that he wants to be pouring that out into some people. You've been maybe struggling um, um, to feel that. So what I want to do, but also and on the back end, and just said about dreams, Maybe you're dreaming a little too small uh, at the moment and God's challenging you on that to say, come on, let, let's expand a little. Let's not put a control barrier around this. Let's, uh, let's expand our, our dreaming here and see what, what I can do. Let's see what I can do for you. If that's you, I want to encourage you now to stand up and maybe come to the front and there's a row of seats you could sit in. Um, what we're going to do now is I'm going to invite any others who were uh, at the conference, uh, and particularly those that might have been on the ministry team. So if you've got a testimony from what happened through the conference or through travelling around Australia to go and minister to the Australian Vineyard, um, some of you have had, have been praying about this already and others this is new. So if you do have a testimony, I want you to um, come forward uh, and stand over here and we will um, get you to give like a two-minute testimony of what actually um, happened for you at conference. But for those that the Spirit is already moving on around some of what Em said, if you really want to take that bold step, come and sit down the front and we'll, we'll open it up for more ministry time at the end. But if you really want to, I'm like I need to make a move now because of what God was, is challenging me on, come forward.